Amen. We slowly getting out of winter. Amen. All of you that have stayed away from church because of winter. Oza, oza. Come back to church. Amen. All right. Are you blessed, church? So good to see all of you. Amen. You guys are looking good. I'm not going to ask if you fasted today. I know there are a lot of sinners out here. Amen. Glory to God. Okay. Thank you, choir. God bless you. Amen. All right. Let, let me define to you what I wrote about balance. I didn't, I didn't share this on Sunday. I, I, this is my definition. Balance is giving different things their proper importance. Balance is what? Giving different things their proper importance. Balance is also the ability to handle many things at the same time and be effective and fruitful in them. Where is your amen? The first one I define is balance is giving different things their proper importance. Number two, balance is the ability to handle many things at the same time and be effective and fruitful in them. Say amen to that. Let me also give you the, another uh, definition. Balance also means give different things their proper amount. Giving different things their proper, that means you know what is right, prioritize, and you give it the proper apportioned amount. Whatever it is, whether it's time, money, whatever it is, say amen to that somebody. So it's important that we have a balanced life. We have a balanced life. If you read through the Bible, you'll find so many of these gaps in the men of old. Somebody like Isaac. Isaac had a very balanced life. Isaac lived a very successful life, had twins. The twins became two great nations, the Edomites and the Israelites. The Edomites came from Esau. And the Edom, uh, sorry, the Edomites came from Esau, and the Israelites came from who? From Jacob. And was very successful in his business. Had his marriage intact. You can live like that on earth and fulfill your destiny. Now you still cite the same scripture, you find a dude named Samson. Samson was good at his assignment. His assignment was deliver the Israelites from the hand of the Philistines. He, he would wreak havoc in the camp of the Philistines. But when he came to his uh, uh, love life, uh, can all the Samsons say, not me? <laughs> I mean, they do just love. I mean, he goes and picks up a prostitute, picks up all kinds of ladies, that ended up his destiny. Samson did not fulfill his destiny. He didn't. He was supposed to live longer on earth. He had assignment to do, but because of his stupidity, he did not do what he was told to do because he lived an unbalanced life. And so that's why I said to you that any area of your life that is not balanced will become the door to the devil. You will give him access point through that door. We've seen many of us, both on the pulpit, make the same mistake. You'll find a pastor can preach well, 
but has anger issues like Moses. Anger issues. So what happens? God tells him, go and speak to the rock. Because of anger, the people pressed his last nerve and he took what? A rod and hit the rock. Is that what God told him? No. But because of anger, he could, there was no balance in managing that anger. You remember on Sunday I told you, it's, the Bible said, be angry and what? And sin not. That is balance. He's not saying don't be angry. You can be angry. But what you, your response to that anger is what will determine your life. I told you that whatever happens in your life is 10%. 90% of the outcome of your life is, is how you respond to the circumstances. 90%. Whether you are a pastor, whether you are a congregation, whether you are a deacon, a businessman, I, 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 in fact, I went ahead and shared with you that, that you know, it's, it, it, I mean, it's been proven that the people that are highly paid in the marketplace are people who have a high emotional quotient that don't throw tantrums, are calm at work, are kind, are good people, are, you know, they're able to control their emotions. Never respond to bad situations with negative emotions. They can, they, they handle their emotions very well. So you can have intellectual quotients, and, and, but your emotional quotient is low. You have high intellectual prowess, but your, your, your emotional quotient is low. And then you can do much damage to the marketplace. You can do much damage to a company just because of your emotions. And so it's important that you find a balance in your life. Say amen to that, somebody. Is anybody ready to find that balance? All right. Give me Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. Just... Let me just build on this before I tell you how to do that. What to do in order to maintain proper balance in your life. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. Everybody read with me one to go. We know that how many things? All things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to what? His purpose. How many things work together? How many things work together? All things work together. Listen to me. If you want to have a good life, you have to understand that there are the, all areas of your life will have to work together. The same way God uses all things. Every area of your life will have to work together to make your life a good life. So if you despise any area of your life, it will affect you. Many people have despised their health. And what happened? A sickness came and devoured everything they've labored for for 30 years. Because they neglected their health. By the way, my result came out. I am clean. I'm like... Mm. Come on now. Now I want to go to the gym. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The doctor says you are fine. There is no problem in your body. Your organs are sharp. And I'm, I feel like Mike Tyson now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Don't mind me, man. I'm just joking. Amen. Praise God. 
So everything will have to cooperate together. Every area of your life would have to cooperate together for your life, for you to do something good in this life. Every aspect of your life would have to cooperate together. If you neglect any part, you'll find out that your testimony will be like that of Samson. A strong man, but was killed by Delilah. You will not be killed by Delilah. Say amen, somebody. Say amen like you are serious. So when one side of your life is growing, the other side should also grow. Are we together? As you are growing in one side, other side should grow. When one side is growing, in fact, you know, um, I like the way a doctor explained cancer to us years ago. He says that, you know, when what happened to cancer, he said, and I was shocked when he said that. He said, everybody has cancer cells in their body. I really didn't know that. He said, but what happens with people who they say they diagnose of cancer is that the cancer cells grow more than the other cells. So when one of one side of your life is growing and the others are not growing, it's cancerous. Listen, your marriage must grow as your money is growing. You must grow. Grow in character. Hello, church. If you are growing in finances and you are not growing in character, your character will bring you down. Uh, you, why are you not hearing me today? Give me 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5. 1 Peter 1 and verse 5. Quickly. Give me 1 Peter 1 and verse 5. Help me, help me, sir. Help me. All right. Uh, is it First Peter? Let me see my scripture. Yeah. No, Second Peter, sorry. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 5. Apologies for that. Second Peter. And besides this, everybody write it down and look up the screen. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. What? What do you add to your faith? So now, here is Peter who followed Jesus in ministry. He says, when you get born again, that is talking about you being in faith. He says, but you don't stop there. If all you do is get born again, I come here, give my life to Christ, I surrender my life, and just sit. Listen to me. The devil will make mess of your life. He says, make sure that the day you give your life to your Christ, from that day, add to your faith. What? Virtue. What is virtue? Character. Add to your faith character. Build a godly character. We read um, Galatians 5.22. The fruits of the Spirit. Add to your faith character. Because if you don't have character, it will bring you down. Hey. Is Regis in church? Where is he? There is he. Son, I'm going to tell your story. Now you don't, I know you don't mind. You are my son. So, Regis took one of, before he met Tabiso, Tabisa, he took one of my daughter. No, not my daughter. In fact, she's a sister in church. I, I, she took her out. He said, Daddy, I like this girl. I'm, I'm being led to her. I said, son, go ahead. And he took her out. They went out for dinner. Proper restaurant. Sat down. So, my son wants to start, you know, talking you know, how his heart is panting like the moon and, you know, telling her how she's about to make her, you know, her destiny, whatever, and then blah, blah, blah. 
our sister in church. <laughs> Ordered whiskey. Ah! Regis said, hey, do you hear that this preaching? He said, no, that is for daddy in church. Me, when I'm outside, I do, I do my own thing. Hey, Regis already knew his prophetic destiny. So he, he came back, he said, he said, daddy, ah, that one is not for wife. I said, son, run for your dear. Now today, Regis is married to somebody else. That could have been his wife. If that sister didn't go there. You see what character can do to you. Sitting in church with bad character. How do you open your mouth and say, that is for, what he's preaching is for daddy. When I leave church, me, I do the way I want. A, a brother in church took you out. First thing, you order whiskey. I'm already helping somebody here. <laughs> Just maybe, maybe you're about to order whiskey. Amen, somebody. <laughs> Are we together, church? It's important that you, the Bible says, add to your faith, what? Virtue. Add character. Build a godly character. All right, let's see what it says. Add to your virtue what? It says add to your virtue. You have to keep adding. You have to keep what? Don't be stagnant. Keep adding. Add to your virtue knowledge. Somebody holler knowledge. Add to your virtue knowledge. Seek for knowledge. Acquire knowledge. Read. Study to show yourself approved. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study the word of God so that you can be approved unto God. Say amen, church. Study, read books. You're getting married, read books on marriage. Listen to messages on marriage. Acquire knowledge. You want to start a business? Acquire knowledge in that business. Who is the best in that business? Go and seek for them. When I was in Bible school years ago, I studied the God's generals. I read all of them. I saw their mistakes. Many of them, quite a number of them, didn't end up well. Are we together? Made mistakes in the middle of ministry or towards the end of their life. And then you wonder, what will make a man who operated in this dimension of the miraculous just make a silly, obvious, very, everybody can see mistake? How? And then you learn a lesson. And those are the things that have helped us to make some decisions and put some boundaries in our lives so that we don't make such mistakes. Can I hear an amen, somebody? What do you add to your virtue? Knowledge. Somebody holler knowledge. All right, keep going. It says, and to, no, to uh, knowledge, what? Temperance. What is temperance? Who knows what temperance is? Self-control. Self-control. Add self-control to knowledge. It's not everything that you should do. It's not everywhere you should be. It's not everything you eat. It's not everything you drink. Control yourself. Say amen, somebody. Control yourself. Self-control. He say, add to your knowledge temperance. And to temperance, what? Patience. And to patience, what? Godliness. And to godliness, what? Brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity or love. Now, look at what the next verse said. 
That's what shook me about this scripture. Next verse. If these things be in you and abound, what will happen? They will make you that you shall neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you want to have a fruitful life? You have to keep adding. Once these things are missing, your life will be unfruitful. Many people are unfruitful today because some of these things are missing in our lives. No patience. We're impatient. We don't have self-control. We just make irrational decisions. We, we get, throw tantrums everywhere. No. It's not every time that you should use your emotions to make decisions. You make decisions from your spirit, man. What does the word of God say? Are we together, somebody? Somebody will make you angry. Somebody will do something against you. You need self-control to tell yourself, I will not respond to this person. I will not. It's not everything I'm going to give my attention to. Are we together, church? You learn how to talk. Learn how to behave. Put your life in order. Say amen, church of God. Even in terms of giving, you know, I've seen people make silly mistakes. I, 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 it was a, who told me a story? It was Apostle Grace, right? Yeah, Apostle Grace the beggar. He told me a story while we were having lunch. Can't remember where, but we both went out for lunch. And he said to me, you know, there was a certain woman in their nation who a prophet came to. And this prophet said, listen, and this woman lives in England with her, with her family. So her husband had just retired from work or something like that. Either resigned or retired. And they paid him out a lump sum of money um, as his uh, uh, pension. So he now told his wife, we don't have a home in Uganda. So fly back to Uganda. We have a land. Buy us, uh, sorry, build us a house so that Anytime we come home, we have a place to go. So this woman goes home and then decided to visit a church. And a prophet was preaching. And the prophet said, give everything in your account. And this, that in the next, is it three weeks, that money will come back. I don't know how many times. I can't remember what he said, but it's something 10 times or 30 times or 20 times. This woman takes the money that her husband labored for for all his life and goes hand over to a prophet. Somebody say imbalance. Hands this money over to a prophet. Ma the money is not yours, first and foremost. Hello, church. The money is not yours. They, it was given to you to go build a house. And then she gave this money. Three weeks later, account still empty. And the husband called her and said, how's the, have they started foundation? She can't answer. Next day, she put a rope on her neck and hung herself. That's how she committed suicide. Imbalance. And, and, and that's why, look, I am not against the prophetic. But I believe that, you know, obviously Jesus told us that many false prophets will arise. Please be careful. Be care Just be careful. Be careful. Allow God to speak to you. You are a child of God. Don't let somebody else make decisions for your life. 
that if you give everything in three weeks, it will come back. Who told you that? God is not gold drift city. No, God is not casino machine. Brr, 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 brr. No, that's not God. Are we together? So, a lack of wisdom. These things, they happen in our lives and we find that these out of balance things put us in mess, in situations that we cannot handle. But I want to go quickly because hey, my time is going. Let me quickly share with you how to maintain proper balance. Are you interested? Who is interested? All right, okay. How do I maintain proper balance in my life? Number one, recognize that everything is important. Everything is what? Because everything is interrelated. Everything is important. Look at, look at your neighbor and say, everything is important. Yeah. Don't, don't neglect any part of your life. Everything is what? Important. I'm going to tell you a story in Luke chapter 16 verse 9. I mean, you guys know this story, but give it to us. Give it to us, Luke chapter 16. Very popular story. Um, it's a movie I want to add for you now. All right. Uh, is it Luke? Uh, I'm looking for the story of, uh, what's, what's his name? The story, wait, 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 just hold on a second. Let me look for it myself. Amen, church. Are you blessed here? All right. 19, sorry, 19. Luke chapter 16 and verse 19. All right. Luke 16, 19. Put it for us on the screen. There was a certain rich man, please watch this, a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously. So, they are, this movie I'm about to present to you as the director, it has three actors, okay? Say amen. The first one, they didn't tell us his name. His name is a rich man. Okay, he's a rich man. What is he? A rich man. And the Bible tells us that the guy wore Louis Vuitton, Gucci, uh, yeah, all the designers, okay? And he ate very well. He lived a very good life in terms of material blessings. All right, next one. The second actor, there was a certain beggar named who? Lazarus, which was laid as his gate full of sores. This is the second actor. Let's keep reading. Next verse. And desiring to be fed with crumbs that fell from the rich man's table, moreover, the dogs came and licked up his sores. Next verse. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into whose bosom? Abraham. So we have a third actor. What's his name? Abraham. All right. And the rich man also died, was buried. Next verse. And in hell. So the rich man went to where? Where did he go to? Being torment, in torment, seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom, keep going, cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus, that he may dip his tip of the finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in flame. All right. Three actors. I don't want to finish. I will explain the rest for you. Three actors. Number one person is the rich man. Did very well in business. Was flying from Jobek to Dubai every week. Going to meetings in Singapore. Fly business class or first class to UK for a meeting and come back the next day. 
but neglected his spiritual life. Imbalance. Lived an imbalanced life. The Bible never even told us about his family. No wife, no child. Meaning probably he was divorced. The only was doing his business is doing well. And um, I can wear designers and I can, you know, eat very well and that's it. The second guy, the second actor. The Bible calls him Lazarus. What's his name? Lazarus. Lazarus, obviously because he went to heaven, means Lazarus was born again. Was in church. Probably a prayer warrior. Maybe a member of House of Treasures intercessory team. But forgot that there was something called prosperity. Business, job, anything that brings money. Abandoned it. You see the imbalance. So Lazarus died. Yes, he went to heaven. But on earth, he was a poor man. He was a lazy man. Didn't go to work. And if you read this story, when, when I was reading it, you know, <laughs> it's amazing. The Bible says that it came to pass that Lazarus died. You know why he died first? No money to treat himself in hospital. Poverty sent him quickly to an early grave. Imbalance. Look at your neighbor say imbalance. Hmm. And then the Bible talks about the third actor who is Abraham. Abraham is in heaven. When Abraham was on earth, in Genesis 24 verse 1, the Bible says Abraham was well stricken in age and the Lord had blessed him in all things. On earth, Abraham was wealthy. Business did well. In, in fact, in Genesis 13, the Bible said that Abraham was very rich in cattle, in silver, in gold. But yet, still made it to heaven. That's a balanced life. Do you now get what I'm saying? Everything is important. Look at your neighbor say, everything is important. Don't neglect one thing. One thing will cost you havoc. The two people, first two actors, neglected something in their life that costed them. Are you getting this? All right. The second thing that you need to do in order to have a proper balance is live or prioritize things in your life. Prioritize things. The word prioritize means to arrange things in order of importance. That means that you arrange things in order of what? Importance. So, um, if I need to prioritize things, I put things that are more important on the top of the list. Are we together, church? Um, how many of you are wearing pants now? Whether jeans or, or trousers, you're wearing pants. Okay. Did you put on your pants first before you put on underwear? Okay. That's the most vivid way I can put it. So, you knew that when you were dressing up, the first thing to put on is what? Before you put on what? Right. Now, many of us in church put on trousers and put underwear on top. 
We don't know how to prioritize things. You need to give things that are more important, more attention. Say amen to that. Give things that are more important, more attention. Many people have put wrong things first in their life. You need to learn to put the right thing. The first thing you put, prioritize in your life is your life with God. Give him your life. Say amen. Give him your life. In fact, the Bible says that uh, it is, it is, um, it is, give me Ecclesiastes 12.1. Let me, um, it says that you should prioritize your life with God in thy youth. Give your life with God attention in your youth. Give me Ecclesiastes. There you go. Remember now thy creator in the days of when? When do you remember your creator? In the days of their youth. While evil days come not. He says, when you give your life to Christ early, there are evils you will avoid. All this teenage pregnancy, that, that is if you are serious with God. Because you know in this church, we don't sleep until we're married. Hello? All our youth are required to marry as virgins. I can't talk to you adults because already you have gone too far. I can't. Your matter is a close case. <laughs> our youth are supposed to marry as what? As virgins. Uh -huh. He said, remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. Put God first. Matthew 6.33 says what? Seek ye what? The kingdom of God first and his righteousness. And every other thing will be added to you. Put God first in your life. That's number one priority. Say amen to that. You need to give first things first. Prioritize. I'm going to give you another story in the Bible. Job chapter 1 and verse 1. Let me give you a story. Um, there was a man in the land of Uz. Whose name is what? Was Job. That man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. Verse 2. Are you with me so far? Verse 2. There was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. Verse 3. His substance was given, was, sorry, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 sheasses, and very great household, so that this man was the greatest of men, of all men in the east. Now, church, this is what I want to bring out. Look at Job's life. This is a description of a man's life. The first thing that the Bible talked about in this man's life is that the guy feared God and eschewed evil. His relationship with God was number one. The second thing was family. They mentioned his two sons, his, uh, how many? Seven sons and three daughters. Family. After God, family. And then they now talked about his business. This is Christians of today. If there was a Job in this church, this is how we will read his story. Start from verse 1. There was a certain man in House of Treasures Ministries in the land of South Africa whose name is Job. That man has 7,000 sheep. That's how they will start your scripture. Because you don't know priority. These are the days when people neglect God. I mean, they neglect their spiritual life in pursuit of money. You neglect the study of the word. You neglect prayer. 
every day I'm busy, I'm busy. You don't come for overnight prayer. You don't come for Saturday morning prayer. You come for nothing. I mean, how do you expect to win? Priority. You must learn to prioritize things. Give attention to something. I mean, your wife can't be crying every day. Baby, I need your attention. I need your attention. I need your attention. And then you just keep pursuing money. You come every day, you throw a bundle of 10,000 rand on her lap. That's not what she's asking for. Hello, church. Oh, okay, if you don't say amen, I will assume you are angry. Church, you need to prioritize things in your life. Put the first things first. What are the most important things you need to do? As a young man, when you, when you give your life to Christ and you get a job, settle down on time. Marry early so that you stop. I mean, when we say pray, some of the single people, Lord, in the name of Jesus, give me grace not to fornicate, not to commit this, not to... Once you are married, that prayer will not be part of your prayer list. You don't need that grief. Your, your wife is there. Hello, church. Marry early. Settle down. Let me also talk to you ladies. Once you, listen, once you are 21, <laughs> all these, oh, you know, look at me on the, you look at yourself in the mirror, you say, men are dying for me. <laughs> they will not die forever. You better pick one now. Hey, look, pick one quickly. Say amen, somebody. Because the men are not going to, you, you know, this is what our slave girls are doing now. They, all these Instagram girls. I was listening to some girl who's a DJ. I can't remember what her name is. And she says she gets a boyfriend allowance or girlfriend allowance of 50000 I said, what, what stupid men do we have in this generation that gives a girlfriend 50000 rand allowance? Her surname is Zuma. Something Zuma. I don't, she's a DJ. What's her name? Cyan something. She says she gets... I was listening. I'm like, I wish I can know who this guy is. I will slap him. I don't mind going to jail. Now, church, this is what many girls are doing. Men are coming into your life. You're young. You're fresh. You're beautiful. Men are coming. And all you are using the men for is to acquire Louis Vuitton bag. Gucci shoes. That's not the, between 21 and 30, it's not the time to acquire Louis Vuitton bag. That's the time to pick a man and settle down. A godly man, God-fearing man that you will build life with. So that you don't get to the age where marriage is prayer point. Oh, I don't know why you guys think I'm joking. But it's the truth. It becomes prayer. When I say in the beginning of the year, write 10 prayer requests. Number one, husband. Number two, husband. Number three, even if he's blind. Number four, even if he's walking. He's, uh, Father, I don't mind. I don't mind. <laughs> because now you won't mind. Are we together? Because when it was time to give it priority, you didn't. Say amen. Church, first things first. From year one to year 25, 
is your years of knowledge to acquire knowledge, acquire information, get your degree. By the time I was 25, I have a degree in mechanic. I had a degree in mechanical engineering and two Bible school certificates. One from God diploma from God's Army Bible Training Center and the other one from Morisellulo School of Ministries. At already at 25, I was already both secular and spiritual. I was stable. I had already acquired information for me for ministry. Now you want to go to Bible school at 40 and they are teaching you you are sleeping because you are too old. Why won't you sleep? There are things you need to do early church. No, I'm serious. Why are you guys laughing? It's as if I'm... <laughs> Man, I'm being serious. Honestly. Marry early. When you marry early, you and your wife, your eggs are fresh. Your, the seed of the man is fresh. Once you touch pregnancy, you're not marrying at 40 or 45. Are we together? Everything is... You know, church... <laughs> You know, when I, was, when I used to be young, I used to tell married couples when I go preach in marriage seminars, you're supposed to, you know, uh, sleep with each other at least two times, three times a day, five times, less than ten times a week. Try that when you are above 40. You will, you will go to your grave. Because you don't have that level of energy anymore. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Look at your neighbor, say, do things on time. Are we together, church? Put priority. There are things that you must do early. Do them early. Prioritize your life early. From 25 to 50 is not the years to start wearing all this label. You don't look at me, eh? Apostle Felix is wearing Louis Vuitton. My friend, I am above 50. I have investments. Even if I sit down today and don't work, I can feed some shortly and still go to heaven. <laughs> and I'm not even bragging. Because I labored when I was what? Young. I labored. I put down investments. I own assets. You, you have no asset, no house. And, and all you can brag that you have is LV bags. Eh? <laughs> God, help this generation. I don't know where you guys are from. All right, what's the third thing you do so we can close? The third thing to do is that you plan your time and seasons. Plan your time and seasons. Plan your time and seasons. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1. Glory to God. Write it down. Look up the screen. To everything. To how many things? To how many things? There is what? A season and a time to every. Somebody say every. Every purpose has a time and a season. That means that you can do the right thing in the wrong season and it will be wrong. There are seasons in your life that you should do the, the things that needs to be done. There are seasons in your life. 
A season means a period of time suitable to do something. A season means a period of time suitable to do what? To do something. There are seasons in life. So, what happens? When you grow in in life, you have seasons in life where God expects you to do certain things. I'm in church. Look at it this way. We just left winter. Y'all remember there was a day it snowed in, in Jobek, all right? So picture a dude coming out with a Gucci uh, vest, no, sleeveless T-shirt, wearing Gucci shorts and Gucci slippers. Everything he's wearing is designers, but in the wrong season. He will look like a fool. But if he wears the same thing in the beach, in Deben, on a summer day, you look at him and say, cool, you look cool. Because <laughs> that's why the Bible said that God makes all things beautiful when? In his time. You can, wear, you can do something beautiful in the wrong time and it will not look beautiful. It will not. It will no longer look beautiful. So that's why you need to understand that your life, you need to plan your time. Hey, plan your time. Have a timetable. Wake up every day, determine what you are going to do. Have a year planner. Have a month planner. Have a weekly planner. Have a, a, a day planner. Say amen. Church, the schools are not stupid. When you enter any school, the first thing they give you is what? Timetable. You think they are crazy. Because they know, they want you to know that mathematics is one hour, nine to ten. They want you to know that biology is one hour, ten to eleven. They want you to know that geography is one hour, twelve to one. Are we together? Otherwise, if they don't give you a timetable, you can do mathematics from nine to twelve. How do you think that your life will not work the same way? If the schools are doing it from kindergarten, that's exactly how God ordained life to happen. Plan your life. Every year in this church, my leaders are here in church. The first thing we do in January is what leaders? Can you highlight it out? Is the year planner. We plan the year. Everything we are doing is playing out on what we planned in January. And that also determines the kind of invitations I, I get. I, sorry, I accept. So I will not accept an invitation when it's women's conference. I don't care who you are. I will not accept an invitation in ownership conference. There are certain services I will not accept invitation. A man of God called me from Brazil. And he wants me 7 and 8th of September. I said, we are fasting. He said, man of God, please, I will make sure I get you to church on Sunday. I said, I will come back to you. I haven't come back to him yet. Because my, my September is already planned. Say amen. I might just show him mercy and fly to Brazil to preach for him. Two days in his conference. He said to me, I can take during the week so that I can come back by Saturday. Are we together, church? So, so you have to have a planner. Have a planner so you don't waste your time. 
you don't waste your day. You don't waste your year. You can sit a whole year and not achieve anything. Do you know that when the announcers come here every Sunday and read announcement, they're telling you our plan for the week. Oh, where is your amen? They're telling you our plan for the week. You should do the same in your life so that you know whether you have achieved your goals or not. Plan your time. Say amen, church. Plan your time. There are certain times that you must lock out. Sunday morning is for God. I need to get to church. We're in South Africa where the malls are packed on Sunday morning because of Christians who don't have timetable. On Sunday morning, they, instead of being in church, they are in shop in Mall of the South. Doing what? I don't know. Are we together? Because of lack of timetable. You plan, listen. <laughs> um, there is no, even if you tell me you are going to give me a billion dollars for a business transaction on Sunday morning, I'm not going. Say amen. The only thing that would take me out of church on a Sunday is that I'm preaching somewhere else. But I will not do that. Because I've allotted that time to God. Wednesday evening, I'm here. As it is now, some members of our church, not even some, a lot of them are sitting at home. Is that, is that what they should be doing now? No. And they're wondering why it seems like this thing is not moving forward. Because they can't prioritize their time. Give your time attention. It's important, church. Your time needs what? Attention. Give me, um, give me John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Let's read, maybe let's read from verse 4 so that I can finish and we'll pray and go home. All right. You all know this story. Um, it's not new to you. I've preached on this scripture for so many times. For an angel went down in a certain season. When does the angel go down? Talk to me. When does the angel go down? I can't hear you. Talk back to me. When does the angel go down? Certain seasons. So it's not all seasons. It's not all seasons. The angel goes down in certain seasons into the pool and trouble the water. And whosoever first, after troubling of the water, stepped in was made of whole of what? Whatsoever disease they had. Now, church, you all know the story. There was a man here whose life was stuck for how many years? How many years? Can you imagine being in one place for 38 years? You didn't change accommodation. You didn't change clothes. You did nothing changed in your life. You don't have a car. I mean, stuck in one place for 38 years. 38 years. No movement. No degree. Nothing acquired. No, I mean, this guy was stuck both spiritually, physically, materially, everythingly. 38 years. Just because he did not understand seasons. I always say one of the advantage that I'll tell him, I think it was my son, Pastor KG. Him and I were talking thing two days ago, and I said to him, one of the advantage that I have in my life is that God gave me the grace of the children of Issachar. 
to understand the times. And your brethren will be at your subject. They will become at you. They will become, come become at your command. Why? Because you understand the times and seasons. You know when to do something. The right time to do something. The right time. January last year, I began to pray for marriage. My wife had just two, two months passed. Everybody is saying, eh, including you. Eh, why must you marry now? It's too early. You have not even mourned. I even had to use scripture to beg you. That Israel only mourned for Moses. How many days? Do you all remember the scripture I gave you? How many days did Israel mourn for Moses? 30 days. I, I shared it with you in Deuteronomy. I had to use scripture to cajole you so that you are not angry, you don't leave church. I don't know why it's your problem that I'm remarrying. My wife is gone, she can't come back anymore and I have to pet you with scripture. But I knew something in my heart. If I didn't marry last year, I would have married the wrong woman. It was a season God opened. I was dating a lady, you know, not dating. We were just, you know, friends going out. And the Lord said to me, you are getting too attached to this person. This person is not your wife. I said, okay, yes, sir, thank you. And that was the end of story. I said, God, I'm not going to look for another woman again, ever. That means for you to tell me this, you have prepared somebody for me. I went on seven days prayer and fasting. And after I finished that prayer, I stopped honestly speaking. Because I mean, man, everywhere I go, when I stand on the pulpit, when my eye meets somebody, I say, hey, you look like the person. <laughs> I'm telling you. Even when I was uh, preaching for Andre Robert, the whole church is white in Florida, Marco Island. Everybody is white, in the women, the men. I will look at one sister, Kabosh. She looked like the one. <laughs> then my mind will go, imagine bringing a white lady for these people. <laughs> I'm telling you. But you see, and, but I, I, I meant it. And after that prayer, I stopped looking. Until God, by divine orchestration, connected me to this woman. So, listen. If you miss seasons, you will do things wrong. Today, even most of you who didn't want me to marry are thanking God that I married her. All the ladies, give me an amen. You know what I'm saying. She's a blessing. You saw it in your conference. <laughs> I would have just brought you a Nigerians call it agaracha. Mm. You will not know whether you are coming or going. <laughs> Somebody has seasons. You must learn to do things at the right season. Ah, this man was stuck 38 years. If he's a church, the church never grew at all for 38 years. If he's a business, he never made profit for 38 years. If it's a life, life never went forward for 38 years. Just because somebody didn't understand seasons. Plan your life. Plan your time. Don't let people waste it. 
plan your seasons. When the season comes, understand. The next phase of this ministry now is that I am not going to be here all the time. God has spoken to me. In clear, even when Arome came, he said it live on this altar. But prior to him coming, God had told me that you're not going to be here. The way you're going to be busy with this apostolic grace I've put on your life, you will not have time to sit here every day. So begin to train someone. And by the grace of God, he gave me a son. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. He gave me a son. So I am training him. Training him. The other day, my wife invited him and his wife to our house. We had lunch, dinner. We spoke. We fellowshiped. Because I'm passing things to him. So that when he stands here, it's as if I'm the one standing. That's wisdom. It's wisdom. I've been preparing him for years. I've been preparing him. Are we together? Church, understand seasons and time. If you miss your season, I'm telling you, hey, may you not be stuck in Jesus' name. I pray for you today. I say, may you not be stuck in Jesus' name. The Bible says concerning the children of Issachar, put that scripture for me. First Chronicles 12, 32. Quickly, help me, sir. First Chronicles 12, 32. It's our last scripture and then we'll go home. First Chronicles 12, 32. Everybody write it down, look up the screen. Read with me, one, two, go. And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had what? Understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were how many? 200, and read the last sentence. How many of their brethren? All their brethren were at their command. Everybody will be at your command. All your brethren will be at your command. In the name of Jesus Christ. Just understand seasons. What you ought to do at the right time. Don't play games with your life. When you need to do something, do it. Don't stop procrastinating. Time waits for no man. Say amen, somebody. In my place, they say delay is dangerous. Learn to do things at the right time. At the right time. Learn to do things at the right time. I mean, a man of God that comes into Christ, or let's say somebody that gives his life to Christ at 40, and another person that gave their life to Christ at 11, they are not the same. You see, God does not measure our weight in the spirit by age. He, measured it by, he measures it by our knowledge and encounter with him. So that's why a 19-year-old can lead a 90-year-old man. Where, where is your amen? Because it's based on what? your knowledge and encounter. How much of relationship do you have with God? What's your dealings with God? For they that do know their God, they shall be strong and do exploits. I mean, church, we do projects in this church as if we're doing nothing. We've spent 2.9 million already on our extension and it's just probably about halfway. This one, the extension we did last year plus the youth hall costed us 5.4 million. 
and there was no pressure. Why? There is a personal revelation. I, church, I can't explain to you how we do these things. Why? Meanwhile, many churches can't pay rent. Say amen. It's an encounter. Oh, may you have an encounter with the Lord. May you know God for yourself. You know on Sunday I say, don't know the God of Apostle Felix. Know your God. For they that do know their God, they shall be strong. There is something, when you, there is a way you know God, it stabilizes your life. It's a wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability. Wisdom and knowledge are stabilizers of destiny. They will stabilize your life. I mean, we are pushing projects. Millions are going off. And yet nobody feels it at all. There is no, our conference, the budget, last year's conference was 1,744,000. No, that was Excel. That's how many months ago? Three, four months ago. 1.7 million, call it 1.8 we spent on Excel. Women's conference was about 400 and something thousand. We spent on the women's conference. Now this is ownership. You're talking two million. And there is nobody stressing anybody. Don't you think there is something we know? Somebody, please, know God. Oh. <laughs> know God for yourself. It will stabilize you. You know, when we were, Trux, my brother is here. When we were building this site and the youth hall, they came to my office accounts and said, listen, man, what, what we are seeing in the account, oh, let's stop one and do this one because ownership is coming. Hmm. I asked, okay, what do we have in the account? Okay, we ascertain what we have. Okay, it cannot finish neither this nor that one. So I said to them, Listen, let's leave it in the hand of the one building it. So they knew they couldn't get to me. So they just walked off. Two of them were completed before ownership. With no harassment on anybody. Completed. I said, man, when you know God, you are stable. Stable. Things just happen in your life. And people will be thinking you have muti. I don't blame pastors for thinking I have muti. If I was them, I would think so. Are we together? Because in the midst of everything that is going on in our nation, we are just doing this thing as though it's nothing. So that's how it works. There is the measure of your weight in the spirit. It's a measure. That's why you must grow. Allow us as areas of your life to grow. Allow wisdom to grow. Jesus Increased in what? With increased in what? In wisdom, in stature, in favor with who? God and with who else? Man. Four areas of his life had stability, had wisdom to manage, to manage people, to manage resources, priorities. You don't go and take your money and start buying car. At the age of, you know, today when I drive around, I remember when I used to drive the Rolls Royce, people would lay hand and say, I claim, I claim. What are you claiming? At what? No, man. You can't be laying hand on my Bentley now and say, I claim. Claim what? That's the years you ha are now. It's not the years to drive Bentley. That's not what you should be thinking of. Those things will come later in life. It's better to drive them then with rest. 
I say, you, you can't, you can't, don't wear, look at your neighbor, say, don't put on under, don't put on trousers and put on underwear. Mm. Yeah. Because I can see in the spirit, many of you, you're on top of your trousers is underwear. That's how I'm looking at you in the spirit. Are we together? You need to change that. Change that. Do things at the right season. There was times in my life where every single money that came in into our business went into buying a property. Every. Every. When we bought this land, I sold seven of my houses. And I gave the owner my, my previous Bentley that I had. Are we together, church? So, what if, church, when we bought this land, this church had, we were about 70, 80 people in the House of Treasures when we bought this land. Now, who am I going to tell that we need $1 million? Was it the King Francis with his bald head? Who else was there? Well, who was here when we bought this land? Ravina. Oh, it's only now God prospered Ravina. That time, Ravina's destiny needed, needed Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Who else? Let me see your hand. Oh, the, you see how God does things. Were you here when we, you were in Taba? Oh, you met us here. No, you were not here. Who else? Let me see. How you? Really? Wow. Who else? Who else? Okay, Veronica. And who's that at the back? Oh, Frank. Ah, let's not even talk about Frank. Ah, yeah. You know, Frank, Frank repairs uh, tires and sells tires. Now, Frank has a big shop that has tires, rims everywhere. He's bought a building. Then, if you tell Frank, not even one million, tell Frank $1,000, Frank will leave church. He will run as far as the east is from the west. So, all the people that were then were broke people, they all came in. Today, Frank is a millionaire. Hello, church. Today, Ravina and her husband are millionaires. They bought, they bought properties cash. That small Ravina you are seeing there that looks like a broomstick. I'm they bought properties cash. Properties. Not one. Cash. You see that there is a grace definitely in this house. And I'm encouraging you, as you stay, your story shall be like their story. In fact, let me add to it, your story will be greater than their story. <laughs> Glory to God. Church, just, just focus. Amen, somebody. Focus. It's time to do things at the right time. Oh. Understand seasons. You do things... I remember when we came into South Africa, 23 years ago when I came in, or 24 years ago, when I came into South Africa. So, I, I got my first paper from Home Affairs, and it was stamped, um, giving temporary residence to apply for permanent residence in, in 90 days. That was what was written on it. I still have that passport in the safe. They were begging us to apply for permanent residence. Because they wanted us at that time, ANC wanted all the black people to have ID so they can vote for them. So they were giving away documents. Now, fast forward. Some of my friends at that time who came in like me, today, 24 years later, don't have documents. You know why? They missed the season. 
Now they stop. I never joked with it. In 90 days, I applied. Bam! By, I got my citizenship like 20 years ago, 21 years ago. I've even forgotten I'm Nigerian. Because I now travel more with the... I only travel with Nigerian passport when I go to Nigeria. I'm everywhere all over the world. All my visas to all the nations are in South African passport. Are we together, church? But somebody who did not understand season missed it at that season. And now to get it, ah, you go through the eye of... Do you see what missing seasons? I mean, I'm just using silly examples or simple examples like this. Why things must be done at the right time? You will not miss your season. None of you will be stuck in a place for 38 years. I prophesy over your life in the name of Yeshua. You will not be stuck in your life for 38 years. You will not be stuck in your finances for 38 years. I decree over you. You will not be stuck in your finances for 38 years. In the name of Jesus Christ. No, you will not be stuck. Church, do things in the right season. Are you blessed, church? Did you receive the word of the Lord? Can you give Jesus a clap offering? Amen. Can we all stand as we pray? We're about to go. It's 830. It's almost, I think, 25 minutes past 8. I want us to pray. Lord, help me to find balance. And show me areas of my life that is not balanced. The prayer you must pray. What area of your life is imbalanced? Is there an area of your life that needs God's hand to touch so that you can find balance? You will not struggle. You will not give a road to the devil to step into your life. Because one little negligence can cost you so much. I told you of the story of Billy Graham on Sunday. I think it's Billy Graham. I know I read that story. This man had three sons and one daughter. The three sons, in fact, the two of them are divorced and remarried. The third son is divorced three times. Though he's married now, but he divorced three times. And his daughter had divorced, had her first divorce. So four of his children went through divorce. A great man of God like that. And when they asked him a question in his old age, what would you have done better before he was about to die? He said, I wish I spent more time with family. But here we are today. People are pursuing money to the detriment of family. Leave our children to help us. Leave our children to people to train them. The educational system is training your children. They don't know what they are doing. They're crazy. In America now, they are, they've instituted law in some states. I heard in Pennsylvania... They've instituted laws now that you can have, just like how you have uh, uh, Father Christmas, what they call them, um, Santa Claus. They now have Santa Devil that's wearing two horns and wearing the face of a baphomet. And now kids will sit around and they're telling them satanic stories. Is that who you are going to leave your children to bring up for you? Settle down, sit down, Bring them, spend time with your kids. Your children are small now. Beat them. If they misbehave, because you see, 
you are better off that a child cries than a man cries. They spare the rod and spoil the child. Do things at the right time. They are, I can't, Keon goes to the gym now. He's taller than me. This is not the time now to tell Keon, I will beat you, I will slap you. First, as you are looking, you are looking like this. And then the dude has been gymming for three, four years. Constant. Keon goes to gym every day. One punch he gives you, you will see Jesus and Satan at the same time. So, but the time came when I remember, I still remember, when I told Keon, go to bed. It was 8 o'clock. He was watching cartoon. Go to bed. He refused. I took the slippers I was wearing, and he was not wearing shirt. I smacked him on his back. The print of the bottom of my slippers was at, on his back. And then he cried. Him and his mother cried to bed. The mother joined in the cry. Are we together? But if I try that now, Kion will remove seven teeth from one punch. <laughs> I had to do that in the right season. You can't carry Kion and say, hey, hey, son, if you don't do that, the beating I will give you. First, he will look at you like this. Okay, what kind of beating? <laughs> Are we together? Do things at the right season. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, give me the grace upon the children of Issachar. Give me that grace to descend seasons and to do things at the right time. In the name of Jesus, help me find a balance in every area of my life. Give me the grace to live a balanced life in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth, pray that prayer. One minute. Masha. Lebro mazo bradila gembro gedoza balande. Malo shate bronize frecopa ligadosa. Enda broke meze brende gelo baragada yanembregado shataya. Holy Ghost, help us to find balance. Help us, Lord. Help us, Father. Oh God, help us today. Help us, Father. Grant grace. Grant grace, oh God, to live a balanced life. Give us grace, Father. Maligado, balikom bregedosa, mayele monde, brokosom veki la monte, mesefreto kastiva la gambregedosa, layada bragabashanda yada bragadash. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We give you the praise and the glory. We receive it, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray and the church say, Amen. Did you receive the word of the Lord?